welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, picking up in verse 12, the title of our message is Growing in the Lord. I just read recently about the Chinese uh, bamboo plant. I don't know if you've heard of the Chinese bamboo plant, how, how it grows. And I heard that it doesn't grow when you plant it at first. It doesn't grow very much at all for the first four years. But you need to keep you know, watering it and fertilizing it. And, but there's no real growth for four years. But then in the fifth year, I'm told that it, just within five weeks, that Chinese bamboo plant can grow up to 90 feet tall in five weeks. And not only that, you know, you think about the first four years and you wonder, well, why wasn't it growing? And uh, I'm told that the reason why it doesn't grow on the outward is because it's growing inward. It's growing, the roots are growing. The roots are becoming stronger and stronger. And the roots are being prepared for all that weight. The roots are being prepared for all the height that's going to take place. So really, there, are, there is growth the first four years. It's just something that's not seen with the eye. And as I think about those of us that have walked with the Lord for a while, sometimes we don't always see that growth, do we? Sometimes we wonder, you know, is there true growth? Is there true depth spiritually taking place in my life? And I, I believe by faith, we have to realize if we're seeking the Lord, if we're studying his word, if we're spending time, you know, in prayer and just loving the Lord, we have to trust by faith that there's a work going on even when we don't see it. God is at work. And I think of tapestry. I, I think of, you know, how the tapestry, if you look at the back of the tapestry and the, the yarns are all tied in different knots and they're just kind of, you know, looks, such, looks like such a mess in the back, doesn't it? But when you look at the front of the tapestry, there's just such beauty there. And God, I believe, many times, I know personally in my life, I see my life as a tapestry. I just see all this, you know, this craziness going on. And I'm like, Lord, does it make any sense? All this stuff that's taking place in my life, all this craziness that's going on in my life, is it, does it account for anything? Is anything taking place? And I believe God would say to all of us here as we seek the Lord, he sees the finished product. He sees the beauty that's taking place on the other side. So be encouraged if you love the Lord, if you've been seeking the Lord, God is doing a work. God's working in us, and we can't always see it. And sometimes it's just the little things that we do that will count for all eternity. Even as Jesus said, even if you give a child a cup of water in the name of Jesus, great is your reward in heaven. So don't measure success based on you know, what you see here in the temporal. Trust what God's word tells you. And trust that God is doing a work and God is growing, doing that growth that's necessary in your life. So with that being said, why don't we stand? I'm going to just read these verses. So if you can please stand again in reverence of God's word. So this is the Apostle John. And again, chapter 2, 1 John, verse 12, he writes, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. 
Lord, again, we just pray that you would give us application, that this time truly would be a holy time, Lord, that you'd remove distractions from our thoughts, and that we could hear from you from heaven today through your word. Open our understanding, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle John is the author of this wonderful book known as the Apostle of Love. He's been telling us about the fact that we can have joy, and he wrote this. One of the reasons why he wrote this uh, book is that we would have joy in the Lord, that we would sin no more, that we would stop sinning, that we would put sin away. And, and here we find that he's talking to three different groups. He's, he's speaking to three different groups. And I, I believe as, uh, as he talks about little children, he's speaking to the new believers. I, I believe it's for all of us, but it can be, have application for new believers in our text here where he calls, the, calls them young men, I believe he's talking to those that are maturing in the Lord, growing in the things of God. They're, they're young men. They're growing in the things of the Lord. And here where he calls them fathers, I, I believe he's speaking to those that are spiritually mature, those that have walked with the Lord for a while, and they, they're, they're called like fathers. Or we might even say today for Mother's Day, and the mothers, right? Amen? Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> but he's writing to these three groups, and if I... We can look back at verse 12. I'll put it up on the screen. He says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. In verse 13, he says, I write to you, little children, again, because you have known the Father. The word little children, it's literally infants, little babies. And again, I believe he's talking to those that are newly converted, those that have just become new believers. And and what does he say? He says, I write to you because your sins are forgiven you. I want to encourage anyone here that's a fairly new believer in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you, according to the Bible, if you go to the cross, your sins are forgiven you. Isn't that a wonderful thing to realize that God forgives sin? He takes away the sins of the world. Remember when John the Baptist was baptizing there in the Jordan and Jesus came out, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God. And in the Old Testament, if, as you know, in the Old Testament, what they would do is they would take lambs and they would, they would slay the lambs. They would kill the lamb. But before they did, uh, they would confess their sins. They would transfer their sin onto this innocent lamb, a, a lamb without spot or blemish. And the lamb would be killed. And, and it was, the, it was uh, symbolic for the fact that your sin, well, because of sin, there needs to be death. So your sin was transferred to this innocent lamb. But that innocent lamb was pointing to the lamb of God that would come one day. All those lambs that were slain were pointing to the lamb of God, Jesus. The one that takes away our sin. And so for the new believers that are here and for even us that have walked with the Lord for a while, it's a reminder for us, our sins are forgiven us because of him, not because of anything we've done. Did you notice that? For his sake. It doesn't say your sins are forgiven because you are just a good person. It doesn't say that. Our sins are forgiven because of him, for his name's sake. It's, it's God that takes away sin. And, and so I want to encourage you here today that God forgives sin. And I want to encourage the new believers that are here today to keep going to the cross. If you fall and mess up and you sin, get right back up and confess it to the Lord. Go to the cross. I believe that's one of the tactics of the enemy. So when you sin and you fall, the enemy is right there to condemn you and to say, oh, you loser. You call yourself a Christian and you did this again? You're not a real Christian. 
No, you go up to the cross, you go to the cross, you confess your sin, you give it to the Lord, and you keep going on with the things of the Lord. Your sins are forgiven you. I believe condemnation can really destroy a believer, don't you? Guilt and shame. We should be the freest people in all the world. Amen? Why? Because our sins are forgiven us. That does, it's kind of seems like that's not even fair. You know what I mean? It's like we can walk in freedom. We can give our sin to the Lord. We can confess it to the Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Then we can walk in such freedom. It almost seems like, wow, that's not even fair. <laughs> but it's true. God forgives sin. God forgives us our sins when we confess it to him, when we repent of our sins, when we go to the cross. He forgives all sin. And you might be here today and say, well, I've done some pretty terrible things, Pastor. Well, I could probably, I've done some pretty terrible things too. But God forgives all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, washes us from all of our sin. He washes and takes away every sin we've ever committed when we go to the cross. And that's a wonderful thing, and it's a good encouragement for all of us that are here today. Remember when Peter and John in Acts chapter 3, remember they were there at the temple, they were at the gate beautiful, and there was a lame man that was laid there. Remember, he was lame from his, from the, his mother's womb, and he was there, sitting there. He was, he was asking for alms from the, for the poor. He wanted money. Remember what Peter and John did? They looked at him intently. They said, silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they lifted him up, and he started leaping, it says. He started jumping up and down. He's like, his, his legs would finally were working, right? Do you remember what happened after that? Remember, he went into the temple, and the people marveled because they knew this man was lame. They, they, they recognized this man from the gate beautiful, and they were like, we know this guy. Why is he walking? And they were marveling at Peter and John. Remember, they were like, they were thinking that there's some kind of gods or something. And he says, why do you look at us so intently? Like we, out of our goodness, that we've done something to heal this man. They said, it's the, you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the, his son, Jesus Christ, who you had crucified. Because of faith in Jesus, this man was healed today. But you know what he went on to say? He told them, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he says, Repent, therefore, and be converted. Listen, that your sins may be blotted out. Listen, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So he's telling all of those that, that, that had Jesus crucified, that wanted Jesus crucified, to say, this man that you're seeing here that's jumping up and down, Jesus healed this man. But you need to have your sins blotted out that you might have times of refreshment. Have, do you have times of refreshment from the presence of the Lord? I know I do. Those of you that, are, that have walked with the Lord for a while, those of us that have walked with the Lord for a while, I believe we need to be careful not to lay heavy trips on new believers that God's not putting on them. Rules and regulations. You need to do this. You need to do that. You have to say this. You have to walk this way. You have to talk this way. You have to look this way. You have to do this and do that. And I, I believe we have to be careful. We have to let the Holy Spirit do the work in their lives just as he did in our lives. My brother and sister, my brother-in-law and my sister, when my sister prayed with me to receive the Lord, she kept pointing me to Jesus and the Word of God. Jesus and the Word of God. Jesus and the Word of God. They weren't like, you know, army sergeants saying, nope, you got to get this, you got to do this, you got to say that, you can't walk with this person, you can't go down that street, you can't talk to that person, you can't go to that place anymore. They didn't do any of that. 
I would have problems, you know, run into situations, say, what do you think I should do? They'd say, let's pray. Let's go to the word. He writes to the little babies. He's saying, because your sins are forgiven you, you know the Father. You know you're part of the family of God. You keep going to Daddy. You keep going to the Father. You keep looking at the Word. You keep seeking the things of God. Realize your sin's forgiven, and you walk in the Holy Spirit. Tuesday night, we have our Tuesday night Bible study. And this past Tuesday, my wife and I, we were totally, totally wiped out. We've been ministering to an elderly couple on our days off and anytime we can, this couple for the last two months. And so every moment we have, we've been over there and just, you know, doing different things, helping them, feeding them, helping, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, good stuff. But we were just wiped. And I, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, take your wife home, you know, just go home. So Dave was teaching Tuesday night. I says, Dave, can you close out the night? And da, 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 da. And she said, yeah, no problem. So we, we left. And I was, I was hungry, though, so we stopped at Chipotle. So imagine that. So... <laughs> And as we're walking in, there's this sweet lady. She's there, and she's sitting down, and she's got her head down. She's praying over her food. You know, I thought, that is so sweet. I don't see that that. Do you see that that often? I don't see that that often. So we sat down right next to her, and I says, I noticed she prayed over your food. And she says, yeah. She says, yeah, I just, you know, wanted to just take this time. And I said, that's so wonderful. And so we started talking with her, and she, did, after a short period of time, we could tell she's a fairly new believer, kind of a you know, fairly new, you know, just... And then she was telling these things that are going on in her life, and this is going on in her son's life, and this is going on, and, and just all this stuff is happening in her life. And I'll tell you, my flesh just wanted to say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, 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 you're doing this wrong, you're doing that. You said you did this. You should never do that. There's your prescription, Pastor Joe. Here, take that, go. But, but the Holy Spirit was prompting me, just pray for her. And I truly had to bite my tongue some of the times, like, la, 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 la. And right there in Chipotle, I said, can I pray for you? And she says, I would love that. So my wife and I, you know, we, we put our hand on her. We just started praying. And, and, you know, as we're praying, the Lord was just ministering in a special way. And I quoted a scripture that I, I rarely quote. And it's, you know, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into and are, are safe. And, I, and I, so I quoted that. And I'm praying. And I just feel the Lord, you know, his presence there. And she says, basically, she says, well, why did you quote that? I said, I don't know. I rarely quote that scripture. She goes, she goes my friend, I was going through a difficult time. Look, she texted me. That, that scripture today. And I said, that's God's love for you. And she was just like blown away. She's like, you know, I think we were walking out. She's thinking, are these angels or something like that? She's like, and we were blown away. We have to be careful with the new believers. Encourage them. Their sins are forgiven. When you fall, get back up. Seek the Lord. Get back up. Go after the things of God. Get back up and seek the word of God. Get back up and continue to pray. Get back up and just seek the Lord that loves you. Your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Go and just seek the Lord. The second group that I want to point out in verse 13 he says, the young men, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And then in verse 14, I have written to you, young men, again, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. These are the ones that are growing spiritually. They're seeking the Lord. As you notice, they, the word of God abides in them. They, they have a daily walk with the Lord. They spend time daily in the word and they're becoming strong and, and the wicked one, is not, over, not overtaking them. They're not falling to Satan's tactics anymore. They're not falling to the temp, same temptations over and over again. They, they're having victory. 
This is a mark of a maturing Christian, a maturing believer in Jesus. And I, I pray that, you know, if you're a new believer here, you've known the Lord for two days, then now you got to grow up. No, no, no. <laughs> if you've known the Lord for a little while, but it's, it, it, it's time to continue to grow up in the things of God, to, to have victory over temptation, to have victory over the wicked one. We're in a battle, guys. I've met believers that don't even really believe in the, the spiritual realm of darkness and evil. And, it, and that's, pretty, that's a dangerous place to be in because there is a wicked one and we can overcome the wicked one by the word of God, by our faith. And he wants us to have victory. But if you don't know the word of God, you're in trouble. I mean, it's okay for a while. God's grace is on you as a new believer. He's all over you like this. I, I believe when I was a new believer, it was like the, I was like, it's almost just the craziest thing. It's like I was like floating with Jesus. I was just, I just was loving Jesus. It was, Jesus, you're so great. And I, I believe it's just like a cloud of protection around me. He was just watching over. He was protecting me. But then it's like with a little child, you know, you take off the training wheels, you know, and then they're like, they're going down the street like this with their little bicycle and trying to make it straight. And then they finally that they're smooth. And I, you know, if, did you go through that stage yet? I remember going through that stage. It's like, oh no, no, no. It's like, it's almost like, where are you, God? Where did you, did you leave me or what? He's like, no, I'm, I'm teaching you to walk by faith. I'm teaching you to walk trusting my word. I'm teaching you to walk in my ways. I, I'm teaching you that you can have power by my Holy Spirit and you can overcome the wicked one. And as the temptations come, as the attacks would come, and the Bible say, oh, yeah, okay, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Why am I afraid? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And just the word of God, just, you know, just abiding in me. And then I'm able to fight the good fight of faith and able to trust that the Lord is in control no matter what happens in my life. God is on the throne. He's working all things together for good for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. Are you overcoming the wicked one? Or are you being overcome by him? Are you having victory over your sin or is sin having victory over you? God wants you to have strength. He says, I write to you, young men, because you were strong. And, and God wants you, young women and young men of the Lord, those that are maturing in God, he wants us to have the power of the Holy Spirit and to realize we have power over the enemy. Is the word of God abiding in you? Are you spending time in the word of God? Are you, you have a daily devotional time just studying the word? Because he wants to give you victory over the wicked one. We're in a battle. Guess what? The battle's won. We are more than conquerors. We're in a battle, but guess what? The enemy's lost already. And sometimes I believe, you know, we walk around like the enemy's victorious, like the enemy's winning. No, we're winning. We're going to win. We're on the winning team. Did you read the end of the book? Where's the devil going? Let me remind you, the lake of fire. For how long? Forever. He's on the losing team. We're on the winning team, guys. Are we maturing in the things of God? Did you know our human bodies, our physical bodies, are growing every day, every hour? Did you know? I know mine's growing a little bit too much lately. <laughs> Yogurt land. Man. I told my wife, I said, what are you doing? You're shrinking my clothes. <laughs> our body's continually growing. Did you know every hour, 200 billion cells in our body die off? just to be replaced with 200 billion new cells every hour? 200 billion cells. 
Did you know that's two million cells per second that die off? Two million cells a second. Okay, ready? Second. Two million are dead. About 30 million just died as I just was quiet there for a second. <laughs> we're made up, they say. I mean, you don't even know what to believe. All these different these figures, but some say like we're made up of like seven, 70 trillion cells in our bodies. Trillion cells. We're constantly losing and we're constantly building new ones and fresh ones. And it's a, a constantly a growth that's taking place in our human bodies. How about this one? Do you know that over a 24-hour period, you lose about 1 million skin cells? That's pretty gross, isn't it? In one year, on the average, we shed about 8 pounds of dead skin. 8 pounds. You don't, know, you don't want to know what happens to it, because I read it, and it's pretty, my wife asked me, and I said, you don't want to know. But we're constantly making new cells, new skin cells, new cells. Our, our body's constantly growing. And again, as believers, I, I believe this encouragement for us today is to realize as believers, if you're continually seeking the Lord, you're growing spiritually. Even if you don't realize it, there's growth taking place in your life. Do you realize all those cells are dying off in the new ones? I don't know what's going on right now. Do you? No. And I don't know what God's doing inside of me, but I know that he's doing a work and he's going to continue to do a work as I put him first in my life. And he's doing a work in you. We don't always see it. We don't always feel it. But we need to trust by faith. He is at work. He's working in us. It's God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He's at work constantly. Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but he said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. That might be for someone today. You might need to put away some childish things that you can grow up in the things of God. When we first started the church back in 2003, matter of fact, May 18th, this 18th of this month, it'll be 14 years that the Lord started a work here. The first five years were crazy. There's people here, I'm looking around, they were here with us, and they know. There was just a, it was just a, a intense work. When we first started, there was two families. It started off with my wife and I and two families, and the two families, you know, we lasted for a little while. They had a dispute. They had an argument. One family left the church. It was our first church split right there. <laughs> we had one family. The first five years, we met at the, the women's club down the street, a little tiny, little teeny little place. It was so wonderful. We were there for seven years and seven months and seven days. And the first five years, I, I'm telling you, I believe the first five years of the, the church wasn't for church growth. It was for growth for us, for myself, for my wife, for those that were serving there with us. The growth took place in us, and I, I really believe it was so intense. God started this work by a miracle. As you know the story, the, the whole Vivian story, she says, come to my house. I says, no, Calvary Costa Mesa, no, I'm not going to come to your house. This is my house. We're here five days and five nights. She goes, no, you must come to my house. So I can't come to your house. Next day, we're praying over the land. I'm knocking on her door. Didn't even know it was her house. She opens the door, and, she's, and I says, well, you invited me to your house, didn't you? True story. Condensed story, but true story. So we knew that we knew that we knew that God started the work. So it's like, if we didn't know that, we would have packed our bags 10,000 times over and said, this is it, we're out of here. This is, this is a work of the devil. This is just so intense. But the Lord was saying, no, 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 no. I want church growth, but the church growth is going to be you first. You need to grow. 
And sometimes it's pretty intense, and sometimes suffering is part of the work that he's doing in us. It's, a, it's you know, there's suffering that goes on. There's heartaches that happen. And, and in the human sense, we want to run away from heartache. We want to run away from intenseness. We want to run away from suffering. We want pleasure. We want fun. We want to, we want to just sing Kumbaya and forget all that bad stuff. And don't grow. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.